Showtime, a podcast by the Four Seasons Resort Langkawi. Today we have David, our general manager for the resort, and he will be sharing with us more about his journey coming to Langkawi and also some inter- very interesting and inspiring story how he even built his own kayak. And David, hi, welcome. Hi, thanks, Natasha. <laughs> um, like Natasha said, I'm, I'm David Macklin, uh, general manager of Four Seasons Resort Langkawi. Um, it's great to be here and it's great to talk about this beautiful island mm-hmm. uh, of Langkawi. Um, and why Langkawi? So I understand that you were with uh, Four Seasons Nam Hai, which is in Vietnam, yes. to, the re- to the listeners out there. So David recently was in another island, which was in Vietnam, and now he's on, moved on to another island in Malaysia, Langkawi. But, but what, what made you make that decision? Why, why Langkawi? Langkawi, ah, Langkawi is absolutely so beautiful and I'd heard so many wonderful things about it. And when the position came up mm-hmm. uh, within four seasons, uh, my hand was raised and I was like, me, 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 let's mm-hmm. go there and enjoy mm-hmm. this beautiful island. Mm-hmm. So that's how, um, you know, and then I did an interview and lucky enough to wow. come here. So. so do you speak a bit of Vietnamese? How many years were you in Vietnam? So, um, if I can just give you maybe a little yeah. bit about my Four Seasons yeah. <laughs> journey. And uh, so I did join Four Seasons 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, my first Four Seasons was in Hong Kong at the Regent uh, Hong Kong, a Four Seasons hotel. And um, so I joined there in the year 2000, mm-hmm. in March. And then I, uh, you know, it was, it was wonderful to be there because that is such an iconic hotel. And after about uh, 18 months, 19 months there, uh, I got the opportunity to move to Washington, D.C. Oh, wow. Which was very different, mm-hmm. right? From Hong Kong downtown mm-hmm. to all the way across to Washington, yeah, D.C. to the Big Apple. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and I'd, I had never been to Washington, D.C. previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just wonderful. It's on Pennsylvania Avenue, which is the same as the, the White House, just mm-hmm. down the road, shall we say. Mm-hmm. So wonderful to be there. The big challenge with Washington DC, I moved in September 2001. Uh, yes, so you know, more challenges, yeah. more opportunities uh-huh. to grow. Uh-huh. So I moved to Washington DC. Um, and then um, that was in 2001. Um, and I stayed there for nearly six years. Uh, so it was, it was a wonderful opportunity to, to learn completely a new culture. Uh-huh new way of doing things. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, I moved to, I was lucky enough to, you know, still with Four Seasons, uh-huh. um, I moved to Tokyo, in Japan. Uh-huh. Um, I had previously lived in Japan, so again, this was one of those opportunities mm-hmm. that you where I... returned back. Yes, I heard and I was like, yeah. me, 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 yeah. me. So um, I moved to Japan and, and um, I do speak Japanese, so that really helps out. So did you take classes or you just fully immersed in the culture? So prior to my life with Four Seasons, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I did go to Japan just for a quick backpacking adventure oh, nice. for maybe a month. Mm-hmm. Two years later, I left Japan. So absolutely so loved it. So you went it. backpacking two years in Japan? Um, I, the idea was to go mm-hmm. backpacking, but mm-hmm. uh, on the third day there, mm-hmm. I realized Japan is such a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. I want to stay here. So I found a job mm-hmm. and yeah, ended up staying and uh, on the third working day. Wow. On, on the third day, mm-hmm. 
the other part of my ticket I just threw away, okay. um, my return, and um, just stayed in Japan, and it was absolutely wonderful. And uh, I, after um, after one year mm -hmm. of living there, I'm not knowing much about the Japanese culture or without speaking any language at all, mm -hmm. I said, if I want to stay here any longer, I really need to immerse myself. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I moved um, back, because I was living in Yokohama, mm -hmm. I moved back to Tokyo mm -hmm. and said goodbye to all my English-speaking friends. And you just forced yourself to speak Forced myself and, and I studied full-time Japanese and um, all of my friends mm -hmm. only spoke Japanese. Um, in, including some who are in the same uh, language school as me, and uh, my best friend is Turk is mm -hmm. Turkish. He cannot speak English. Of course, but he can, can speak spe Japanese at my level. Okay. So uh, at the start, our conversations were very short, shall we okay. say, uh, without sentences. Uh, more more about hand uh, gestures. Yeah, hand <laughs> gestures and the words that we learned that day. Uh -huh. So that was fun. So so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the reasons I, I really wanted to go back to Japan mm -hmm. um, and I was lucky enough uh, to stay with Four Seasons mm -hmm. um, and this was in 2007, mm -hmm. moved back to Japan and I stayed there until the end of 2011, mm -hmm. so about four and a half years in Japan, um, which was absolutely wonderful working mm -hmm. in that environment. I moved then to um, Sydney in Australia. Mm -hmm. So my the secret here is mm -hmm. my wife is Japanese. Yes. So okay. our children were born in Washington DC. Okay, with an American passport. With an American passport, but we wanted them to have the Japanese culture. So they had four and a half years of going to school in Japan. Mm -hmm. And I then said, well, I want them to have an Australian <laughs> culture and yeah. knowledge. So then they moved to, uh, then we all moved to Australia, mm -hmm. uh, to Sydney. Mm -hmm. And uh, they went to, uh, they learned about the Australian culture. So that was wonderful. Which is a melting pot of cultures anyway. Absolutely mm -hmm. it is. It's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's really, what is Australian now? It's becoming mm -hmm. uh, not so defined anymore. Correct. Um, so that's, that's why I love Australia as mm -hmm. well. And then um, after nearly six years in Australia, mm -hmm. in Sydney, um, working at such an iconic hotel, mm -hmm. we have 531 rooms there. It's a mm -hmm. tower building, mm -hmm. quite a busy hotel right in the middle of Sydney, mm -hmm. um, downtown. I had the opportunity to rebrand um, our new Four Seasons in Nam Hai in Vietnam. So, so pre previously, family again so previously it wasn't a Four Seasons, and I went mm -hmm. there to make it into a Four Seasons. Oh wow! So again, I said that'd be wonderful. Mm -hmm. So from having an average of two hundred seventy-five check-ins and mm -hmm. two hundred seventy-five rooms departing mm -hmm. each day went down to about seven to ten rooms a day. But that's a resort. It's a resort. One check-in could take one one hour. And you give all your attention mm. and it, it, it's all about experiences. Mm -hmm. So um, that was a fantastic experience to rebrand a property there. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, then then um, after about 18 months, I got a, uh, the hey, opportunity to come here and I was like, me, 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 me. <laughs> and so, yeah, and um, absolutely enjoyed the last Mm -hmm. uh, nearly three years um, mm -hmm. being in Langkawi. So, I mean, you moved literally from one equator of the world to the other, and but your heart is still with Japan. Is that... I would move to Japan tomorrow. I... But what's the most beautiful part of the culture that you love? 
I love that it is organized. Mm -hmm. um, I love that you can have the hustle and bustle of the city, mm -hmm. but you can go away mm -hmm. from that. It's a huge city, um, but you can go out of Japan, oh, sorry, out of Tokyo mm -hmm. for a day trip and be in nature the whole day mm -hmm. um, and then just catch the train back at nighttime. Mm -hmm. um, I love the food. The food is absolutely, I think most people around the world love Japanese food. Mm -hmm. and, um, and how they have so much respect for every single, uh, not just produce, but everything that yes. they do in a daily life. They pay so much respect and attention to it. Yes. My, yeah. my, my personal experience when I went to Japan, what blew me away was when I went to buy fruits and how they were organized in a way that if I wanted to eat an apple today, it, was, it would be on the first roll. And if I want to eat it, eat uh, an apple three days later, then the lady will pick up the one on like the third row, and she's like, and she would tell me in Japanese. I mean, I can't speak Japanese, yes. but my sister does, and she's like, okay, so this is for next week, but this you can eat today. And I'm like, everyone should do this. Then fruit shopping would be so much more easier. Like here in Malaysia, we just pick up a fruit, and we're like, and we look at it, we're like, hmm, is this something that I could eat today, or we'll just put it in a plastic bag, okay, just okay, and figure out. If it's going to be sweet or if it's going to be sour, yes. you know? And every, like, every food store is absolutely delicious there. That and, is true. And, and you just, um, yeah, you, you, there's so many great things about Japan. Um, that is true. You know, and I, I could live in the countryside, I could mm -hmm. live in the city, mm -hmm. um, and just immerse myself in the culture again. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so, Japan in a heartbeat. Yes, yes, but you know, like I, I still love living in different countries, mm -hmm. um, and whenever I'm in a different country, I love to really immerse myself there mm -hmm. and just, uh, you know, really respect um, mm -hmm. locals, mm -hmm. um, learn from them, mm -hmm. um, and you know, definitely try to give give back as much as we can. That's true, and and I know that your family is back in Australia. Yes, and then obviously last year the pandemic happened and. Everyone went through a whole period of a phase in life where we didn't think that it could even possibly happen. The world literally stood still and um, it was an experience that we didn't think that would happen in our lifetime. And you were here in Langkawi alone without your family. So so how was that for you? Um, it was a new challenge, of course. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I was lucky I could immerse myself in work. Um, the challenge really started when uh, we closed the resort for about three months that's correct and i live in the resort mm -hmm. i've got this absolutely beautiful resort and i'm living by myself mm -hmm. and um you know walking along the beach the beautiful white mm -hmm. beach by yourself mm -hmm. you know i spend a, a lot of time fishing as well yeah. and things like this but um, it was very um, soul searching, uh, mm -hmm. plenty of time to think about yourself. Mm -hmm. I made sure that I went into work every day. At 7.30, I was in the office. So um, you kept yourself busy? I was actually very busy mm -hmm. work-wise. Mm -hmm. uh, I made sure that, um, you know, we, of course, we have corporate reports and, you mm -hmm. know, calls and things like this, and, of course, with ownership as well. Mm -hmm. um, the, 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 what I did do, um, I had to make sure that outside of work, mm -hmm. um, and remember at this time, I really wasn't allowed outside the resort because we were, you know, we, we, we had to stay. And we couldn't travel. We, Correct. We, had, we, we couldn't even travel interstate. We had to stay where we were. So, you know, I, I think everyone, you know, has been through some sort of um, experience on this over the last year. And I said to myself, well, I can I either sit in front of the TV mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, or I can do something and do something that I've never done before. 
And you built a kayak. So this is where the <laughs> kayak started. And, and I, of course, you know, uh, of course, the internet was working. So I did a lot of research during that time and said, you know what? Wait, so you YouTubed how to build a kayak? I, what I did do, I, I first got the idea. I want to do something. Mm -hmm. I'm not a carpenter. I'm, I'm absolutely not skilled with woodwork at all. And I said, come on, I can do it. Right? Mm. I love a challenge. So I looked and found, um, and you can buy plans and, 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 mm -hmm. and um, manuals online. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. I, I purchased that online and printed it up. And then, uh, you know, said, I'm going to build a kayak, cleaned out my garage <laughs> and uh, started. And, and the, the biggest challenge was getting the raw materials, the type of wood, the mm -hmm. epoxy resin. Mm -hmm. um, things like this. That, that was the biggest challenge, um, you know, living on an island as well. Mm -hmm. Interesting, because there are so many, we're, I mean, in Langkawi, we're just blessed with so many beautiful landscape. Yes. And it was difficult because... Um, well, I wanted certain types, uh, certain type of wood. Which so were I wanted not a, as easily... Yes. Uh, okay. So found. I wanted a mahogany. So ah. the reason I wanted mahogany is I wanted this beautiful, clear finish where mm -hmm. you can see the grain of the, the kayak. So. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, they, they, it's another challenge, right? Yeah. So I spent, uh, you know, a lot of time, you know, making the kayak. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot longer repairing my mistakes, fixing my mistakes. Mm -hmm. you know, it's okay. One of my biggest mistakes was, um, as I mentioned, I wanted a beautiful, clear, shiny finish on the mm -hmm. kayak. The one that you go, ooh, and yeah. ah, look at that. And that's what my vision was. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I did purchase some inferior epoxy resin okay so instead of that clear finish it was a milky finish <laughs> and i thought hmm, maybe if i just do another coat it's going to clear up yeah. so i did another coat on so it became more milky it became more milky and i was like oh no so then i said okay what do i do do mm -hmm. i paint it now and mm -hmm. go for a white or a red or a brown mm -hmm. color mm -hmm. or do i sand it right back down mm -hmm. and we one you would have sanded down and one thing i had at that time was time mm-hmm so I spent months every day sanding back, hand sanding, because you cannot use a machine mm -hmm. because it will be too coarse no. and too rough and it will just um, take off the... The, the um, natural textures of yes. the wood. Okay. So slowly by hand, and I, I didn't have any fingerprints for months because the sandpaper oh also my. took away my fingerprints. So I did it and, and uh, you know, I was very determined to make sure it looked beautiful. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so. But what kept you going? Like, I, I understand routine for a lot of people, especially lab labor intensive routine, is very. A lot of people find it, what you call it, not just boring, but just uninteresting. Yes. So it, it, it's like um, sometimes when you're peeling a sticker off a window, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, you just go a little bit and you take a little bit off and take a little bit off and a little bit off. And you know when you've taken it all off, there's a sense, sense oh, of accomplishment, okay. uh, satisfaction or your accomplishment that mm -hmm. you've done it. That's what it was like. So I just took the kayak little bit by little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I'm talking like small areas of like mm -hmm. 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters mm -hmm. and made, and I got it back and it looked good. So, you know, and another two hours later, took another 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters square and mm -hmm. slowly, slowly, I got it back to where I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And during those times, yes, you, you, your mind thinks of many, many things. Mm -hmm. And I dreamed of kayaking out into the beautiful blue ocean of Langkawi or through the mangroves. Mm -hmm. And 
that was my dream and mm -hmm. I didn't think I'd ever get there. Mm -hmm. Which eventually and you did. You recently did a 105-kilometer kayak. Correct, so around Langkawi. <laughs> uh, so that was, I thought, you know, first it was, okay, I'm going to do a 10-kilometer trip, then a 20-kilometer trip. Mm -hmm. and, and the longer the sanding took, my I kept putting on more kilometers and more mm -hmm. kilometers. And I always like to have an absolute goal. Mm -hmm. I like to have a, a start and a finish line. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, I think I might do around Langkawi because it's a, there's a start and there's a goal. Uh, but there's an train, end goal. But do you train for any of that? Because you don't just, you I, know, I, figure I, out. I, I haven't. And, and okay. uh, you know, the, 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 and this is the funny story about this. I launched the kayak in December. 2020. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, I had never sat in a kayak. I didn't even know if I could kayak. Okay. Right? And so... So it's like, go in the water and figure out if I can swim later. Correct. So anyhow, but I was very determined. So I did launch it in, in December. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I during all the times, and I wanted the, the, end, the start and the, the end goals, I also... You know, I was watching the news around the world and there were so many people that have been really affected by this pandemic. Uh -huh. And, you know, the governments are doing their bit. And uh -huh. um, But here in Langkawi, I noticed, because I have teenage children uh -huh. and they were doing homeschooling. Uh -huh. And, you know, we, of course, we in Australia, we have set up where they, they've got their laptops, uh -huh. we've got great Wi-Fi. Uh -huh. Here in Langkawi, it's not set up so much. Um, and many of so the family. technological aspect of because now everything's virtual yes. and schools have all moved online now. Correct. Mm -hmm. But many of the families here, mm -hmm. um, especially in our local villages, do not have those resources at home. Mm -hmm. So many families have one mobile phone that they share, mm -hmm. and they don't have Wi-Fi at home, mm -hmm. right? And and uh, so if there's three kids, uh, they have to you know share. try to yeah share and try and coordinate the classes mm -hmm. and. Of course, they they are suffering. Mm -hmm. So I thought, how can we make this better for them? How what can I do, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. it was what can I do? That has, and then I thought, okay, why don't I try to raise some money, so then I can buy some equipment mm -hmm. to give to the school, so the schools can give to the children, mm -hmm. so they can have a better education. And so that's how it, the the idea started. Mm -hmm. And then I said, okay, I'm going to kayak around Langkawi. Mm -hmm. I'll raise some money. If I finish kayaking around the 105 kilometers around Langkawi, mm -hmm. right, um, let's get some donations. Yeah. So that's where it started. And, and you built your own website. I built my own website <laughs> first time. I called it Paddle for mm -hmm. Education. Mm -hmm. um, so it's paddleforeducation.com. And uh, there was, um, you know, the areas that you could actually donate there directly to. Mm -hmm. um, I created another bank account so people could directly donate to the bank account. Mm -hmm. And also I used another um, Simply Giving mm -hmm. um, website where it's a um, for fundraising okay. events. So the original goal was 3,000 ringgit. Mm -hmm. um, currently we're over 12,000 ringgit at the moment. Um, wow. So yeah, and uh, it's just wonderful news. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, but kayaking around Langkawi was absolutely so enjoyable. Really? Um, yes. And 105 kilometers. 105 so you did kilometers. almost 24 hours of kayaking. So, and it was, it was, 
it reminded me of the first Iron Man that mm-hmm. I did. And, you know, an, an Iron Man is swimming for 3.8 kilometers mm-hmm. and then riding the bicycle for 180 kilometers mm-hmm. and then running a marathon mm-hmm. of 42 kilometers. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, I smiled the whole way when I did that. And it, the wow. first one took me around 12 hours and I smiled. And they said, what do you mean you smiled? And, you know, how it's so painful. And I said, yes, but it was so much fun. And kayaking around Lankawi gave me that feeling as well. Mm. Even though it was tough. Don't get me wrong. It was yes. very, very tough. Yes. And so at one point there were waves about one meter high. And I mm. remember I'm sitting very low and it was mm. very rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were places mm-hmm. where there were no, uh, there was no mobile phone coverage. Mm-hmm. So I was like on the other side of the moon type of thing where mm-hmm. I was just by myself. And if something had have happened, mm-hmm. no one would know. Um, and but you had a tracker on and um, so that people could watch a live update. Yes. Where, where you were on the, like which part of the island? Which part of the island and, mm-hmm. and the support was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. When I went around the island and mm-hmm. people were on the beach waving to me mm-hmm. and uh, it was just very humbling and, and uh, you know, people said that I've inspired them to, to, do, mm-hmm. to do other things and exercise and they actually have inspired me to do more and I want to do more. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, on the, I, as I, I started on Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. and then um, on Sunday, mm-hmm. for some reason, I was even more motivated and I had so much more energy even after kayaking the whole day on Saturday and it was just so beautiful coming along the east coast of but what kept you going being out there in the ocean like I don't know I don't I don't think so anyone would be smiling and, and uh, I, I would be worried about sharks whales dolphins <laughs> um, I don't know uh, I, I, I mean dehydration sun heat yes. <laughs> Yes, all of the above. Yes, <laughs> check, check, check. But it's fun. It was just fun to be out, mm-hmm. um, seeing different sides of Langkawi that I had never seen before, um, because I've never been around the entire island. Mm-hmm. And being in places that people just don't go to and see that side. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw dolphins. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that's just, it's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. At one point, the um, Marine Police mm-hmm. and the Marine Police Chief um, mm-hmm. uh, were following me to, to, uh, make to, sure. to monitor me right and mm-hmm. um, we, we we got permission that uh, mm-hmm. you know by them to make sure that uh, we got the approval to do this mm-hmm. event event and um they were just following me for a couple of hours on, on on sunday and they pulled up beside me and we're having this great chat and they were just fantastic people mm-hmm. and they were they said um my, like I'm 51 years of age and they were mm-hmm. shocked mm-hmm. that a 51 year old is doing it. And I said, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Yeah. Um, you are who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want to do something, you, you, you do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they were, they, they said, wow, you're, you're, you're so inspirational. We mm-hmm. want to build a kayak now. And mm-hmm. I said, please let, let me help you love to mm-hmm. be part of it. So, um, but it, it's just really fun to do it. And mm-hmm. the, the, the extra extra reward for me is raising this money mm-hmm. so we will buy the equipment and then in a couple of weeks time we'll actually go to the high school mm-hmm. um, and donate it to the high school in front of the students and the headmasters mm-hmm. and, and that's mm-hmm. giving back that's, that's our local high school here in Ehagat. Um and just giving back to the community and mm-hmm. um, you know it's 
hopefully um, it inspires more people to do things that mm -hmm. they normally wouldn't do. Uh -huh. um, and just because, yes, I haven't seen my family for over a year and it looks like it possibly won't be this year that mm -hmm. I'll see them. It doesn't mean that I don't love them. It doesn't mean that um, that I don't care about them at all. It, it means that I care about them more and I want to see them more. But I'm also doing things right here in Lankawi um, that it makes it better for the people here. Um, and hopefully I'm growing into a, a more rounded person as well. Mm. So. Well, I, that's, that's very inspiring because a lot of people just wake up in the morning and think what I'm going to have for breakfast and what is my routine for the day. But a lot of people don't think about if I'm, when I'm eating this bowl of cereal, what about other people who don't have bowls of cereals to eat? A lot of people don't have yes. that realization. A lot of people go by their lives and like, okay, I need more of this. I need more of that. And I think it's very inspiring that you decided that, hey, you know what? I noticed that this is happening. People don't have internet connection, which is true. Like yes. even in the city, a lot of people don't have access to um, stable internet connection or were even exposed to having internet connectivity until they live in the city. And now that this situation has forced everybody <laughs> to be like on a virtual call, everything has yes. to be done virtually, it's becoming a mandatory necessity. It's become a need. Yes. It's not even a want. The internet used to be a want. Like I want internet connectivity. It's it, We need it now, right? We yeah. cannot survive without mm -hmm. it. And, and mm -hmm. you know, if your internet goes down, mm -hmm your life stops for Correct. that moment, right? I know, and, I know and, for and me, you panic, right? And I you, know for me, I panic. I'm yes. like, there's no Wi-Fi. What do I do? You know? But uh, I mean, it's it's just a phase that we go through as, as, as we transition through life and how things have changed. I mean, back then, people would just be happy reading books for like the entire day. And now we're just glued to our phones the entire day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Put the phones down, please, type of thing. So, yeah. but it's, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's just wonderful to be part of mm -hmm. the local community here mm -hmm. as well. Um, and this is the, the, one of the great things mm -hmm. about being in Langkawi. Um, you know, we are connected, mm -hmm. right? And um, people help each other out mm -hmm. immensely. So mm -hmm. I really enjoy that part. Okay, well, it's it's been really nice chatting with you, David, and thank you really for your time. And for all those listeners out there who have any questions for David and how his journey began and what really inspired him, feel free to drop us a note or stay tuned to our next episode. I mean, thank, thank you. Thank you, David. You're welcome. Thank you very much, everyone, and uh, I look forward to talking next time. Thank you.